0: The last Olympian chapter 17, I sit on the hot seat. What were you thinking? Clarice cradled Selina's head in her lap. Selina tried to swallow, but her lips were dry and cracked. Wouldn't listen. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series.
1: And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids.
0: We are kicking it off, upsetting tonight.
1: We are kicking it off, upsetting tonight. Oh my God. (laughs) But before we get into that, Ava Neve, how are you guys doing today?
0: Complex. Um, However, no, no, no. It's just like, you know, we have days, but um, I am, my spirits have been lifted Um, with the announcement that, (laughs) sorry, I can't even say it, the Red Taylor's version will be dropping on November 19th -hmm. of this year. I've just been kind of, um, walking on a little more sunshine than usual the past few days because it's making me very happy.
1: (laughs) I love, I've never heard like a genuine tee hee hee happen (laughs) until now. It was just like <laughs> it was so like genuine and cute and like such a sincere excitement
0: i th- i guess it just happens when i talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> i don't know
1: i mean aren't we all excited disappointed that it's not 1989 right hey. now oh agreed <laughs> but it's like like i love red and i'm excited for red we have to wait to november for it mm-hmm. and i was ready for like this week to get
0: 1989 me too disappointing i'm doing pretty good though that's good i'm at home which is fun because i'm only home for a weekend so it's mm-hmm. a good time went to get pork roll and cheese this morning because pork roll is good and then new jersey thing only so
1: oh yeah. new jersey
0: i have seen a pork roll once <laughs> she looked at it because you had it and we were there yeah. <laughs> it was
1: delicious I saw pork roll once. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, how are you, Raiden?
1: Yeah. I I am so exhausted. I my best friend and I uh took a trip to New York uh last weekend. Weekend as in like Sunday through Tuesday morning. So, not a weekend, but days I had off of work. Yeah. Um And it was fun, but it was exhausting. And then I have worked the past six days straight, and I'm tired. I'm sure. But I have a day off tomorrow, kind of. Woo. I have a day off of that job tomorrow. I have work for a different project that I'm doing. I have interviews to do. Um, But I can sleep in. And I can spend most of my day at home not doing anything, which is something I need to do um, because everything else is on Zoom and that's actually kind of refreshing. So we can, we can thank COVID, I guess, a little bit for, for giving us projects that we don't have to leave our house for as a rest from going to work in a restaurant. Fair. Which is kind of a hot take. And I don't completely agree, but I just simply cannot, like, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) But I finished training today, so I will start actually serving my two full fucking weeks of training, Um, So, but I'm excited. Anyways, welcome back to Return to Camp (laughs) Half-Blood. This week, we uh, will be discussing... The Last Olympian, chapters 17 and 18, I sit on the hot seat and my parents go commando through the theme of paternity. And this week we are joined by a very special guest, Sam from the Half-Blood Report. Hi, good to be back. Nice to have you. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners who don't know you?
2: Yes, okay. So, um, yes, Samuel, co-host of... The halfway report podcast uh we talk about the news and the percy jackson fandom and the rick riordan fandom uh with with my co-host diego who is not here um and i i I don't know i i guess i because last time uh you you had to say it so i'll I'll just say yes we have interviewed rick riordan
0: (laughs) important preface Mm
2: -hmm. along with like a, a wealth of other interesting people. You've had some good uh interviewees. Uh, see, I would say we have talked to many interesting people, but it feels like Rick Riordan's the one people seem to hone in on. So, <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: understandably, I w- we will we'll give some love to the other people too. You've had like a ton of really interesting and cool authors. yes and so uh,
2: thank you. So ch- check that out. Plug at the beginning yeah. instead of the end. Yes, exactly.
1: Uh in the tradition of us torturing our guests, would you like to give us a 30-second recap of these chapters?
2: Oh, it's it's not torture. I thought I was like the first guest to, to do the 30-second recap. You you I think you were. Okay. I think I did good that time, so probably probably gonna ruin that.
1: <laughs> the they're, they're pretty small chapters, so I, I bet I bet you can do pretty well.
2: Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Uh, selena dies she was the spy that makes clarice sad so clarice kills the dragon and and then percy's like we're going to need help so uh mrs o'leary please get nico and then he also says i'm going to sit on poseidon's front and poseidon gets mad and percy's like come with an army and poseidon gets mad again but then percy makes him do it Uh, and then Kronos and the bad army show up um to mount olympus but then nico and hades and people come up and also uh, all the mortals wake up uh, and chiron gets hurt out of time. That was was pretty
1: good. I think, like you got to Chiron gets hurt, which is is most of the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was, was solid. Pretty good. Better than I do it every single time. So. Same.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, I I still feel disappointed in myself, but I think that that <laughs> comes with it.
1: Use you, you. There was
2: a high bar set for
1: yourself that. Not even you could pass.
2: Yeah, I think no. that's why Diego just isn't here. <laughs> he did yes. too well.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> well, that's fair. Uh,
1: what, what did he leave out that we feel like we need to include? Uh, Sally and Paul wake up and they're cool and fight.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm going to be so real. Um, I forgot what week it was. And I forgot if we had a guest. So I thought I was doing the summary. So I did take notes. So I have a few things. Um and one of them is Rachel basically says she never liked Percy, which was big for oh, me. T. That's true. That did yeah. happen. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like we said this last like I feel like we figured this out before she said it. Not that we haven't already read these books before a bunch of times, but in this reread, we last week I I'm pretty sure we were like you know, I don't think she actually likes him. And then look at that. We knew. We figured it out. We knew. Even though we already read it before.
0: At this point, have I read it before?
1: At this point, we're starting to reach a point where like, Ava is a newbie.
0: (laughs) I I know. It's going to be so bad when we reach The last Hero, which like, I don't know if I ever, like, I ever touched it after the first time reading it. So that's going to be something.
1: How far did you get through Heroes of Olympus? You didn't finish, right?
0: I did not finish. Um, I also can't remember what book I stopped at. So,
1: so I'm gonna say, like from this point on, Ava is the newbie (laughs) (laughs) because she clearly doesn't remember this book. Or the you haven't remembered a book since Titan's Curse. You're right. (laughs) Zoe died, and you gave up.
0: (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You should say it. And it was said she never remembered another book.
1: <laughs> Any other book ever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I chose some musical selections for us this week. Yeah.
0: Very um, exciting.
1: I actually spent a long time on this because I, I knew exactly what I wanted. And so that made it almost harder to like find what songs fit what I wanted. Mm my first selection go or go ahead by rufus rainwright uh because it's like sad and melancholy but also a little cinematic this is for selena's dying but like transitioning into like so like selena dies clarice is crying over her and then like a slow motion like clarice standing up uh, like and then taking on the the army like single-handedly and killing every everything uh because like it's a sad song that starts off slow and stuff and then gets very like swells and is dramatic and that's what I needed I needed that like intensity but like so depressing and so I went to Rufus Rainer for that I don't know the
0: song, but I trust you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. You should listen to it. It's a good song. It was used in um, probably multiple movies, but specifically the movie, the Irish film Handsome Devil. Um, I've heard
0: of
1: it. It was good. (laughs) Uh, My second selection is, of course, the moment I needed was Nico shows up, raises the army of the dead, Hades comes in, And they, like, fuck shit up, right? I I was like, okay, I need something that, like, is, like, a dramatic start, then, like, a slow build, and then, like, intense, wild shit. Princes of the Universe by Queen. Which is
2: not...
0: I like that, actually.
1: Thank you. It's not a super, like, well, like, one of their, like, Top 10 hits of Queen that like people think think there's Queen songs that just everyone knows. Everyone knows Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, We Are the Champions. Princes of the Universe is, I, I want to say, close to like a Bohemian Rhapsody style song where it's very like cinematic, dramatic, uh, but it's a little one of their more like rock heavy songs. Um, and I liked it, and I thought it was it was cool. And that's the song I spent a long time trying to figure out what fit because I initially wanted to go like a little more emo, and like I almost did uh, "Animal I Have Become" by Three Days Grace, um, which is some like going far into the emo canon in like a dark way. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I need something a little more queer. So we went with Queen. Yeah. And there's my over-explanation of my choices to make up for Neve last (laughs) week just picking songs and saying deal with it.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. What did we forget about these chapters?
0: Starting with a (laughs) thing, I forgot that um Hestia was the last Olympian. Ava, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm mean, going I I had to be so real.
1: <laughs> I like don't know how to respond to that. Uh,
0: to each their own. I remembered a lot. I remembered like the the highlights of these chapters. Like I obviously remember the beginning. And then I remembered um, I remembered Percy's parents waking up because it was very sad. Um, like it wasn't, but but it wasn't because like nothing happened to them, but it was just very stressful for me while breeding it as a child. Um, didn't remember Chiron got hurt.
2: Me either. I don't know, I don't know why. why. Because it's not important. <laughs> I agree because it's not important.
1: Because
2: really? Chiron...
1: I know, I feel like we go back and forth every week. I mean, I don't. The rest of you go back and forth every week on whether Chiron is worth being around. But, like, after just finishing Song of Achilles and, like, seeing Chiron written, like, way better. Hmm. Come on.
0: I mean, I don't think my opinion of him is wishy-washy. It's just, like, he's gonna say he's human he's not (laughs) you know what i mean like when people say like he's human like yeah mistakes flaws
1: he's complicated
0: he's he's that yeah so like but but i do think from a technical standpoint there were just simply more important things like there were things like hades and chariot and persephone literally coming out of the ground and like trying to demolish everything inside. like and and like selena dying like there were just more important things so
2: mm. and also chiron is fine later in the book
0: yeah exactly i was gonna say like i feel like you don't really remember like i feel like i didn't remember this him getting hurt because i just remember like there was no consequences like he was fine so he would have stuck with me more if there was like consequences in any way but he like recovers and is fine so
1: i agree I have gone on the record before and saying Chiron should have died. Um, there, yeah. This was... I. We had this same conversation at the end of The Last Olymp... Uh, Battle of the Labyrinth. This is The Last Olympian. It, the, he gets so close. Rick Riordan, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. If you want the emotional effect of killing off a character, kill off the character. Otherwise, it's hollow and we forget that it happens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, unless it's something very, very traumatic, like, I, there's nothing like a cinematic death. I don't know.
2: Book of Trials of Apollo. No spoilers, but.
0: I need to read those.
1: You won't remember them. What? been great everyone (laughs) i'm gonna
2: (laughs) one thing that i forgot i mean so i i remembered that mrs o'leary is the way percy gets nico to come but i Mm -hmm. always forget that it's the chapter before that he sends mrs o'leary i i always assume like he has to like send mrs o'leary like five chapters before um but no it's just like a mystery immediately set up and resolved yeah. This,
1: it is a pretty quick response time. Like, last week we did have the little scene of Nico begging them and Persephone being like, "Uh, like, he's really... No, I don't remember if it was Persephone and Demeter. One of them was like, he's really annoying. Like, can we just go to make him stop talking? Yeah. <laughs> uh But it pays off.
2: And just in the nick of time. Even though I know like nico can understand mrs o'leary because she's a creature of death or whatever i like to imagine like the only time that actually like happens is mrs it's just it's just nico trying to understand mrs o'leary in like a game of charades and then (laughs) they just come
0: i hope that's how it was i think that that should be canon that should be how it was actually done the world's fully ending above them and (laughs) they're (laughs) playing to see if they could get it to work out
1: I I just, I I like the the Nico-Mrs. O'Leary friendship. Something about it is very wholesome. It's like and because the dog is a hellhound and technically dead, the dog won't die. You know? Yeah. As as the dog does in every dog media.
0: Every dog media. Word. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Except for perhaps like Clifford.
0: When it's the main character, no, it normally. Doesn't tell. Uh,
1: you read Old Yeller.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair.
1: Cujo. Have, I can purpose Marley and me. I can list off a lot of main character dog movies where the dog dies. Can what we about, say uh,
2: Go, dog, go? What?
1: Go, dog, go. <laughs> oh. Is that the one where Rugrats. they drive cars? Rugrats? What? I said car crash. Oh, car crash. <laughs> yeah. There is a car crash in Dog, Go. go. <laughs> you are correct.
0: I didn't remember. <laughs> I was gonna guess. So Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson. <laughs> Percy Jackson.
1: What what else do we forget? Weirdly, I, I remember so distinctly that like Poseidon's thrown as a fisherman's chair. Um,
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: It's those. It's those weird, like specific imagery things that stick with you.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. I was playing a game with myself called "Can I Remember Anything in Lost Hero Right Now?" And like, I have a specific scene that is in my head, stamped and ready. Uh, I
1: like. We need to know what it is now, though.
0: It's I just one, need you to prove. It's the one with Jason, um, and the bridge.
1: The first chapter.
0: Is that is that really the first
1: chapter?
2: it could be no (laughs) it (laughs) that that was a vague statement. (laughs) (laughs) There are more there's more than one bridge
1: in the book. Mm. You're right. But I'm assuming she meets she is thinking of the first chapter.
0: I might be. The Um, Grand Canyon. Yes. (laughs) It's okay
1: hey starting off strong
0: that is part of the book so it's it's for sure some words that were written (laughs) (laughs) it was for sure written in that book
1: yeah eva is ready for our first episode of the lost hero
0: already not gonna participate at all in the forgetting section
1: (laughs) who knows we might restructure by then true I honestly don't know yet. I haven't even. I we still have three more episodes of this book. Ooh, that's not a lot. Wow!
0: Exciting.
1: Exciting. Mike said something. Um, anything else we forgot?
0: Oh, I forgot about Lenius. Uh,
1: oh, good yes. point.
0: Yeah, that was weird. It was weird gonna leave it at that it was just a weird addition to the plot like I guess I guess he had to die somehow
2: well it's it's to open up the, the you know to, I, I I'm thinking about what I can say because Ava doesn't remember anything so <laughs> oh, I get what you're
0: trying I'm... to say though like it opens up the possibility of like the future of but it it, it was like a weird place to throw it in the book like it was almost like they turned around and were like, where's Grover? Oh my god. Like it's just like so random in the book placement.
1: I mean, but- it is kind of their way of like benching Grover for the rest of everything. It's like so nice that we have their the scene in the the elevator where they're all together because yeah. then Rick Riordan says, fuck Grover.
0: <laughs> it was so and- sad.
1: No more adventures with him. I mean, none none of us besides Sam uh, here have read Trials of Apollo, so I guess we can't say that. But um, who knows? Adventures await for us there. But
2: <laughs> I I won't spoil. Well, okay, yeah. I, I what I was going to say was a spoiler. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, glad you rethought it. <laughs> But We're, it's okay. We've spoiled so much on this podcast.
2: Yes, we are.
1: We are heavily a spo- heavy spoiler podcast up through Blood of Olympus, simply because we don't know anything else.
0: Yep, exactly. But, but I. But, I remember- but once
1: we do, we will spoil for you.
0: <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I remembered a lot from these chapters. I remember I read this book so many times that. I I recalled a lot of it.
1: All right. Then let us take a quick break. And now a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future, starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes, while activating a child's broader community to gift contributions on holidays, birthdays, or any occasion. We're college students here, and we know that paying for college is a huge feat, and it's difficult for everyone, and you just have to start as early as possible. Early Bird makes that so much easier. We're teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free $15 investment to give to a child you love. Simply go to partners.getearlybird.io slash podcast or the link in our show notes, download the app and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the children you love. Alrighty, we are back, and the theme this week is fraternity. Ah, oh, when we're recording it on Father's Day, sorry, I just realized that.
2: I when I when I first saw that we were picked for the theme of fraternity, I thought that was very strange. Um, so I just assume it's because you all know I'm like a second father to Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, yes, that's exactly what we're what we were thinking.
0: Right <laughs> you found us out
1: <laughs> i did i did uh appreciate the irony of how like the schedule worked out that that y'all ended up on paternity um the the youngest of our our guests yeah,
2: I, I I know there's not like a literal parent doing a percy Jackson podcast, but yeah, <laughs> 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 funny,
0: yeah.
1: All right, where did we see paternity in these chapters? And paternity, we're using it in the gender neutral idea of paternity as in, like, paternity as in parenthood, not as in fatherhood.
0: This is always so funny, because it's like, we could go straight to the obvious. (laughs) Right? Percy literally talks to his dad. So we could mention that first. Mostly because I thought, I always found, I remember finding that scene funny in the beginning, like when he's like sitting on the throne and like waiting for an answer. And like, just the imagery of Poseidon being like, who is, hold on a second, <laughs> Percy, what are you doing? <laughs> like starting to like give his wrath and then being like, oops, sorry, but what are you doing <laughs>
2: um, Yeah, the, I, I feel like at least 70% of Poseidon scenes are written to make him like a dork. Um, I agree and and then the rest is like the most inspiring speech ever
0: Um, (laughs) yeah that's his entire character
1: if this makes any sense when I think of Father's Day Poseidon is like the epitome of like a Father's Day father
0: yeah Mm. you're very right
1: (laughs) those were words that like 50 years from now I don't think will be comprehensible you know like the cultural context and of language is very important to understand what I just said
0: (laughs) I do think it's interesting though that Poseidon is definitely written as the most like like tip not typical I guess like yeah I'm gonna go with stereotypical like um, like American culture TV show kind of parent out of all of the gods and I get that's probably because rick was like like poseidon does show up the most in a parent role but you know we see hermes play a parent role talking about luke and we see athena talk to anna and like not that any of them are good parents but P- poseidon seems to be the most parenty in the book series in this initial book series that we see out of all of the gods
1: yeah it's like poseidon is very much that like He's the, the cool suburban dad who mm-hmm. who is actually kind of absent, but he co- he comes around, He do- he's there when he needs to be. He's there for holidays and birthdays and when things go wrong. And he like grills and gives you presents and uh, wears Hawaiian shirts and likes to go fishing. Whereas like Hermes is almost like the businessman dad who is never there because he's always at work and that's what he actually cares about. Athena is the, like, mom that, like, cares about you in the way of, like, she emotionally abuses and manipulates you into, like, working hard and thinking your self-worth is uh, about education and uh, your statistical numerical value.
0: True. It's funny because I think before we had read these specific, not these specific chapters, but the chapters sort of, like, where Hermes is revealed to be a little more problematic than we thought. I, I would also be like, he's the Father's Day Father, but then not quite anymore, you know.
1: I really the the image of, of Hermes as like Jeff Bezos in Sea of Monsters really really stuck with me and tainted his character, you know.
0: Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Forever stamp on that character. Yeah. When you said Jeff, I thought you were going to say Goldblum for some reason, and I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever you say.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. Oh my God. If Jeff Goldblum isn't in the 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 Disney Plus series, I don't want it. I don't <laughs> care as That's who. Nice. Actually, I do. Per- not to go completely off topic, just picture this: Jeff Goldblum, Prometheus
0: okay maybe i can get on board with that
1: thank you that is all we will say on that topic uh yeah the the theme of of godly parenthood is is all over these chapters it's interesting we see some like little nepotism uh in the fact that if anyone else had gotten on that throne they would have died like flat out
0: <laughs> I just love calling that nepotism <laughs> like yeah because <laughs> like, he didn't kill him because he's just <laughs> like just i don't know if that word is used in that context very
1: often but it's true it 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 actually not in the same way Did anyone here watch Invincible? I know Ava needs an answer. Answer it's no. Sam, did you watch Invincible? No. Oh, great. I'm going to talk to our audience. Um, (laughs) It is like the last episode of Invincible. It just. To an extremely lesser degree. But. He he doesn't get killed because he's his son. That is all I'll say. People who've seen the show will know. People who haven't won't. And I will not go further into it to bore everyone else. (laughs) Do we think other gods would let their kids sit on their chair? (laughs) Throne. I guess calling it a chair really, like, undermines
0: (laughs) I think that heavily Uh, depends. Because, like, I, I... It depends on who we're talking about, but I would like to say, yes, Zeus cared about Talia and, like, literally turned her into a tree to preserve her. If she sat on that throne, she would be burnt to a crisp.
2: I think Hermes would probably be... I feel Hermes has to be a cool fit, having, you know, the (laughs) Stoll brothers. Yeah. Uh, And I would say... I, I know she's portrayed a bit differently in this book than like in later books, but I would say Demeter um, would probably be cool mm. with it.
1: I feel like Demeter, like you would sit on her chair and you'd end up with a bowl of cereal in your hands. <laughs> but probably. like you would not be able to get off the chair until you finished.
0: <laughs> and drank all <laughs> the Conditions <laughs> for the conditions
1: for sitting on the throne. Yes, Ava, and drank all the milk.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> she would make that rule i i think athena would like she would threaten to kill you like straight up and like you're if it was i know this is like a zeus thing but speaking almost metaphorically like if she was about to strike you with a lightning bolt you'd see it right in front of your face and she'd be like so this is why you're never going to do this again (laughs) and then you'd be fine but like you would be scared out of your mind you know
2: I disagree. Actually, I think Athena would would probably give some sort of speech on like how she's proud of you for like stepping up to authority, but then again, also say don't ever do this again.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: I disagree in a different way that, to both of you, in which I think it's on site.
0: It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on site. Got some Anna- crazy Anna- opinions Anna- here. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I Athena
0: to Annabeth is like weirdly familiar i
1: mean not weirdly because they are yes like you know i but as we keep going she gets in like mark of athena she starts to get like i (laughs) i think she would kill her kid
2: the the thing is to me is this is i'm i'm just the the myth that immediately came up was like when athena literally organized the gods into like trapping zeus So I feel, despite the gods having a good track record of being hypocritical, I think Athena would be one to be, you know, like, okay, I see what you're doing here.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I do think, though, that one of her kind of worst traits is that she tends to, I feel like, get defensive about, like, her power, because I feel like, which is fair, you know, like, she has, like, there is Ares, who is kind of like a flashier, slightly dumber version of something that she does you know so it's like she's always kind of having to affirm the fact that no I do actually have power and am actually smarter you just don't see it you know so I feel like that manifests in a little bit of insecurity but you know it's 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 fair like I get why she does it you know
2: I think Hephaestus would be totally chill with it oh yeah definitely cool dude Aries
1: controversially I don't think he would smite you immediately because I think he would show up and challenge you to a fight. I think it's too easy to destroy you immediately. That's mm. no fun That's for true. him.
2: He likes to yeah. play with his food. <laughs> I'm thinking Dionysus probably would, like, would, would destroy you, but not because he's actually that mad, just because he doesn't want any of the other gods to think he's a wimp or something.
0: <laughs> you're so right yeah he would do it all to save face
1: but weirdly just what we're talking about last week Dionysus is kind of a good dad though
2: yeah that's why I think he he wouldn't want to kill his kid he would just be like oh okay yeah in, just in case Zeus is watching me right now
1: I think it would go like a little a little prankstery, a little like trickster god where he like makes makes it look like they went crazy and then like takes you to to like the back room and it's like you're good now. Yeah turns or, you like- into a dolphin, <laughs> turns you back.
2: Or keeps you as a dolphin, that's pretty chill. <laughs>
0: yeah, honestly.
2: Preferably keeps you as a dolphin.
0: Mm-hmm. Or like I can see him like checking the cameras, like if there were like cameras. I can see him, like, looking at all of them, like, checking, making sure, like, they were all disabled and then being like, you look kind of (laughs) cool.
1: Weirdly, the theme of paternity makes me think a lot of Hestia in, like, the home and the hearth way of, like, like, raising and, like, guiding and protecting are all, like things associated with paternity and like that's the things associated with Hestia and we get some great little Hestia moments in these chapters yeah
2: I love
0: Hestia I'm so glad she's
1: here she's so great I think I really like the moment where Percy hands her the amphora and is like "Uh, hope belongs at the hearth and I was like oh
2: it was so cute. Yeah. One thing I I know this is like a different chapter but it never it never made sense to me that if they open Pandora's jar they would lose hope because Pandora's jar was keeping all yeah it's just
0: we've talked about it it's I don't understand why it was written that way. Mm.
1: Yeah, it weirdly both makes complete sense and makes no sense at all at the same time. What, what what are the rules of the jar? Unclear. Unclear. We know it follows you. We know you can let things in and out. What it means when you let things in and out? Unclear. <laughs> we can't talk about paternity without talking about Sally and Paul.
0: Ah! It was so cute! I think I've moved on from can Chiron be my dad to can Paul be my dad. (laughs) (laughs) It was so sweet. And he, can I just, one of the qualities that I think is so important in a parent is like, not a blind trust, but like a trust in a like child that matches the level and like seriousness of trust in an adult you know, like looking a kid in the eye and being like, okay, like if that's a monster, like you're probably right, you know? Um, And Paul being like, like fully just, you know, not even taking this as a joke, taking it completely seriously. Like the part that really stood out to me was when he was like, I hope there was a monster I just killed, you know? And then he was like, in high school, I did Shakespeare. I know how to (laughs) sword fight. And like, that was just epic. Like he completely trusted Percy and like his narrative that I feel like a lot of people would write off or discount and I just was really impressed by that. You know, that's a good dad
2: or I a good mean, figure. I agree with that completely and I feel like the fandom agrees with that completely but I just have to throw out there maybe you should have checked with Percy before he started, you know, waving around <laughs> the sword. There could be many mythical beings. He could have killed Tyson just then. So No, no you're right. It's, it's he a good really- point. Paul really might be
1: down there right now, just like killing everyone <laughs> because he doesn't know. Mm. i I have a feeling Sally knows better than him, and so it will yeah. probably help him out a little mm, bit. but also like
2: Paul can't see through the mist. <laughs> How does that work? He doesn't I, I think he just doesn't see anything. It's just like just perfect.
1: wiggling around a sword.
0: Mm-hmm. What I from what I sense, he's like sees something trying to attack him, or he wouldn't have known what to swing at. Like, I think that he sees something trying to attack him that isn't necessarily a monster. Like, maybe it's just a super aggressive person, or like j- just like a different form of something trying to attack him. Maybe it's like an animal or something. Yeah, because I- like it would truly be blind luck if he was just swung in the exact exact right direction when there was nothing there and hit a monster so like i feel like that's probably what he sees
2: like that's canonically definitely it just because like that's how the way the mist works but i love the idea of him just (laughs) swinging at nothing yeah yeah
0: Sorry, <laughs> Brayden, you look like you're about to say something and then immediately... I stopped. wasn't
1: about to say something. I just had a look on my face. Sorry about that. Huh. I mean, to go back to Chiron, we see both Chiron act as a father in these chapters and interact with his father. Mm. I think the is the moment where it says that Kronos, like looked at at chiron as and like he said son but like in the way that like son was like a slur or an insult and not in a familial way was so interesting awful interesting
0: yeah Yeah.
1: can chiron be a good father figure if he didn't have a father figure of his own
2: I think it's definitely interesting because not only is it Chiron's father figure, but it's also Chiron realizes this is his father figure in the body of someone he's been a father figure to and their personalities are kind of melded. So it's, yeah, I just, that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a complicated situation where we have this person who is two things, who is a father to the gods and a child of the gods bonded in their hatred of the gods because they were, because Kronos was a bad father to people who are bad fathers to people who will probably also be bad fathers. And I say fathers meaning parents, but Kronos is the just gender we're attributing to him. Um, And that's why I said it like that. But It's an interesting take on generational trauma.
2: It is.
0: Mm. I also kind of to go off of that. I thought it was really, really interesting when, um, I think it was Hades who was God. Oh, I don't remember. You see the Hades or Chiron, I think it was Hades That when he was like, you were just really awful. Like you were a bad father. And I was like, you never hear the gods speak that colloquially, but like, That kind of means that he has a significant issue, you know? (laughs) Yeah, to emphasize it for sure.
1: Yeah, that's another uh, familial relationship we see in these chapters is the Nico and Hades and Persephone Demeter on the side, little family dynamic that is so bizarre, but weirdly very queer- in, like, a unintentional good way. Like, the relationship between Nico and Hades, I think, where mm-hmm. it's, like, a father who does still love his kid, but, like, doesn't really understand what's going on with him. And this is not specifically about Nico's queerness, because that doesn't come up yet. But, like, that is the dynamic that is manifesting between them. Yeah, that's I
0: see that. I wish I had more to say about Nico and Hades, but like he just, like he, he listens to Nico. Like, and then, and that's like a big thing. But that's pretty much all that happens between those two and in the, in these chapters is like he finally listens to him and like in the exact right time. So.
1: Yeah. I was like, I wish it was deeper than that, but like, oh, yay, that's He it. finally listened. <laughs> yeah.
0: He finally listened and it helped them out a lot. Yay. Like, <laughs> that's like really. <laughs>
2: It's also a bit of him apologizing for tricking Nico at the beginning.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think it... Do we think it makes up for it? No.
0: No. He's still got a ways to go. But...
1: Do we think Nico has made it up to Percy for tricking Percy? Yes.
2: I yeah. think Nico made it up to him when he when he snuck Percy out of jail.
1: Okay, I don't think Nico was ever very in the wrong, but some people do, and so I wanted to to put it out there. (laughs) I I may be too much of an apologist.
2: He wasn't Uh, in the wrong. He was just stupid, and
1: (laughs) he was a little kid. He was emotionally manipulated by his father.
0: He was a little kid. That's.
1: Like, you do forget that, where there's a scene where he, like, he comes on riding a hellhound, like, waving a sword, and you're like, that's a a 12-year-old.
2: I thought he was 13
1: by now, is that? 13, maybe he is 13 by now. I think he is 10 in Titan's Curse. Yeah. Yeah, he's 10 in Titan's Curse. So he's 12, 13. That happens in the winter, so the ages get all messed up. Yeah. i never I really know might
0: be 12 though because i feel like in a past that i feel like we I decided think... on 12 because in a past episode we talked about how it was like restarting the cycle of yes like, because he's the they same were 12 age when they first mm. did um lightning thief like they were 12 in lightning thief so now nico is 12 to read yeah
1: yes yes you're right you're right he is 12 i'm glad we figured that out
0: <laughs> we came to a conclusion
1: all right what are our sass moments for it I it I guess like I could already see mm-hmm. Ava scanning through yeah
0: because I had a few I just need to
1: I mean we already touched on mine briefly I'll just read it Paul I said in amazement he turned toward me and grinned I hope that was a monster I just killed I was a Shakespearean actor in college picked up a little sword play that is not qualification it <laughs> is not qualification <laughs> to use a sword no, it is not. to kill something that you it. you that might or might not have been the thing you were supposed to kill
0: yeah. <laughs> but he did it combat did is way. fake guys <laughs> mine mine is as i said to Brayden earlier like possibly one of the funniest moments grover has ever set like had in these initial books um like definitely makes top five uh grover cradled his laurel sapling in his hands well sure good to be together again, arguing, almost dying, abject terror. Oh, look, it's our floor. I literally laughed so hard because like right before that, Annabeth has this like breakdown crying moment because she finally realizes that Luke is actually really a bad person with the death of Selena and like Luke betraying her. Um, Cause she's always, you know, she's been in the idea that it's Kronos and not Luke, but like now he, she really sees like, oh, it is also Luke because before he was Kronos, he was Doing these terrible things to Selena Berg, <laughs> and like there's like um, Annabeth is like, I hope you're happy, and Percy's like, if that doesn't make me happy, and she's like crying, and Grover comes in with this. It is so inappropriate for the moment, and it makes me laugh so hard. It's just like you're good to be together again, and arguing, and almost dying. Oh look at the floor! Oh my god! Great, great moment from him there.
2: I love that explanation. I've, I've never thought I've thought about that line that way. Um, <laughs> Thank you. My sass moment is probably when Poseidon. I I don't know the exact quote, but Poseidon is like, "We're I'm protecting my home," and then Percy is like, "I'm at your home."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's literally what he says. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, mine isn't as much of a sass moment as as it is just like a huh, like. I don't know, but I I really liked it. It was at the very end of um of 17 and like Percy's just gotten out of this conversation with Poseidon and um Grover and Annabeth are like you were almost on fire like crazy. Um yeah, if you'd sat there and if you'd sat there any longer Annabeth said you would have spontaneously combusted. I hope this conversation was worth it. And then it's Moo said the Ophiotaurus. Where did he come from? Where? <laughs> Why is that necessary to add to the conversation? Like, no one was talking to you. Like, I <laughs> love him, but no one was talking to him. And so I just thought that was hysterical <laughs> that that was well, the time.
2: That maybe they- that they- is why he jumped in. He felt excluded. Because
1: <laughs> no one was talking to him. They barge Honestly, into
2: his house and don't say hello.
0: Yeah. Really? Honestly, uh, jumping back really quick to what we forgot, the Ophiotaurus. He, he he appeared as like, oh, I forgot you existed. I forgot you were a part of this plot that you even had a significance because Titan's Curse was so long ago. But I was like, good to see you again. Anyways, back to what we were talking about.
1: <laughs> good to see you again. Forgot you existed.
0: <laughs> I literally did. I forgot that was a whole part of the story.
2: I think, wait, does the Ophiotaurus have significance in this book? No. it just?
0: not in this book at all I but think... he does have significance in the sense that like if a child of a god kills him then they have like ultimate power and in titan's curse it was like if if luke gets to kill him then he might have this old ult- like i can't i forget what the exact ultimate power was but like that chronos could use this ultimate power to overthrow olympus or something so he does have a significance in that like if a demigod kills him he could it was just like
1: like, the power power to kill the gods
0: yeah but like and that was important in titan's curse because he was just like loose but now he's not (laughs) anymore. so like it doesn't he he still holds this (laughs) amount of power but like he's like not loose he's like in a water bubble in olympus so but now olympus is under attack so i understand why we're bringing him back into the story because it's like oh remember this thing it's still here and could be used for a lot of evil because they're about to get into olympus
1: But but yeah Rearrange Ophiotaurus. <laughs> <That's>...
2: <laughs> I don't, I also don't remember exactly what the like requirements were for the power, but I feel it's interesting when Cronus uh spoil he he doesn't try it like do anything with the Ophiotaurus, which mm-hmm. is strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right there, and also I the, I don't think the Ophiotaurus says anything during the final battle, which is a little.
0: Maybe for a better reason. Maybe that's why they don't notice, because he's just, like, silent in the corner
2: <laughs> watching what's going on. <laughs> eating, eating popcorn. Yes. I'm going like, to... this
0: is crazy!
2: <laughs> Next week,
1: I'm just going to distinctly sit and, and, like, know... Just know that the Ophiotaurus is, is just in the, in the corner the, the whole <laughs> time, watching. Always watching. <laughs>
2: thank you for that monsters inc reference
1: you're welcome (laughs) all right who are we giving offerings for this week
0: ava i'm so scared but please say what you're going to say you're scared and i i hope we're all on the same page this week
1: i mean whoever knows with ava
0: i wasn't thinking it actually but now we're gonna go a 50 50 split okay we are going to give 50 to Selena or half to Selena. 50. <laughs> I will
1: give 50 offerings. <laughs> there are no rules here.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, half my offering is for Selena because she finally did die. Um that sounds actually. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that it was because last week I was like, she's not dead yet. But when she dies, I will give her an offering. Yes. But damn, what a cold no, no, way no, no. to phrase it. No, 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 no. I didn't even feel like that. I love her very much. And I was extremely sad, but like, like it's almost as if like the season finale of something, you're like, is this person going to die? And you have to wait like eight months and then they, they die. And you're like, okay. So it was kind of like that, except it was a week instead of eight months, but, um, but that's what I meant by that. So half of it for Selena and then half of it is for Paul. I don't know. I just happy father's day, but like, also, I just think he did a really good job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Um, mine's for Selena queen spy queen. Love her. She. I, I, I'm i not joking, though. I really do like... Like, she's one of my favorite side characters. Me too. Um, she is so interesting as, like, a person. And she, she has such a... Like, I remember that being, like, the ultimate... You just never thought this girl was the spy. Like, you would never think. So, offering for her because she died and I'm sad about it, but also offering because it was a... She was a great character. I will miss her. She was so cool. <laughs> like, it was such a good plot twist. So...
1: I tempted as well for Selena, tempted for Clarice for the same reason, but I'm going to go with Hestia actually. Oh respect that. Hestia. Hestia has been consistently a good Olympian. She mm-hmm. is very clear, very blatant, tells them what they need to know. She protects the home, protects the hearth, and she holds the hope and she is nice while she does it.
0: Bro, I respect that.
2: So I think it's crazy that we're not doing one for like Paul, but um did.
0: That was, Ava, that Ava was, did half a that one, was half half,
2: half a point, okay? Paul <laughs> did <laughs> So nice. Paul yeah. deserves all of them this week, uh, but I am giving it to Percy. <laughs> uh,
1: um, not their shaming for not giving it to Paul and then giving it to Percy.
2: <laughs> I don't. I just feel this week, per- Percy. I mean, he he doesn't tell Annabeth, "I told you so." He he. When the Stowbarbers are like, "I heard," and he's like, "Nope," and also, uh he comes up with the idea to to get nico he comes up with the idea to, to help poseidon to you know using the throne uh i i just feel percy was was pretty cool um in these chapters and he he didn't you know uh he wasn't a total jerk to anyone this time so to Percy for
1: not being awful. No, but I, get, I actually agree. I think he deserves it. I would say I specifically for giving it. giving hope to Hestia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can be so easily persuaded into, like, a Percy offering. I, I am, like, I was in love with him, so that does help. But, like, I, literally, you could give me the most bare-bone reasoning. Like, he didn't kill anyone. And I'd be like, king, yes, he deserves it. <laughs> like, I, I need so little qualification to understand why you get person offering so it's okay.
1: Who are we voting off of the island this week though?
0: Again, I, it's like another weird chat like chronos. Uh, like who else did bad? Like everyone I, else did good.
1: I know, but we can't do chronos. Like we can. I,
0: you know what? I'm doing chronos because this book has a lot of like there's very seldom characters who truly do bad in this book like this book is everyone on their a-game so i'm doing chronos because who else like literally like hades finally got with the program <laughs> like 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 i literally don't i don't know who did bad like i i miss when we could just give the vote the the pig off the island like there's no one
1: <laughs> i so i'm gonna i think i did this last week as well but i'm voting rick off for still being a coward and not letting clarice kiss selena while she was dying um (laughs) it is right there you ripped off the story of achilles and patroclus and then you didn't even make it gay rick that is that is why you deserve the second vote off of the week from me or of of in second vote off in a row actually this is his third week in a row being voted off by someone I but
0: scared that we're going to get to the final tally and on my favorite book of this entire series Rick is going to be the most voted off like I am nervous
1: we have two more episodes so gang up on someone else
2: <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I'm voting Diego off for no, no. uh <laughs> So this is kind of an obscure one, but I'm voting Chris Rodriguez off the island, uh, just because he's 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 like I'm sorry it took so long for us to not come, like what? you you were not required to stay with Clarice, no one was re- you you didn't have to wait for Cl- you're not even in the Aries cabin, so I just like he. he's like has all this this whole nice guy act where he's like telling percy like man i feel so bad that you know we weren't here before uh i was i was just trying to like convince clarice that we would come and everything but it just i'm just i'm it it was like one piece of dialogue but i'm i'm done with him this week
1: i yes i support that a lot i also
0: support that too. Um, but mine is for Zeus because although he didn't play an active role necessarily in this chapter, he it is still Father's Day, and I don't want him skating through the day thinking that he's a good father. <laughs> 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 all right,
1: Zeus out of spite, yeah. All right, folks, that is all for this week. Join us next week, where we'll be joined by Daisy Harrison from Third Charm Films, and we will be discussing
0: chapters 19 and 20. We trashed the Eternal City and we win fabulous prizes through the theme of atonement. Make sure to follow us on social media. We're at Return to Camp on every platform that matters, and we also have a Red Bubble store and a website and a coffee account now, ko-fi.com/slash return to camp. Sam, before you go, would you like to plug anything?
2: Yeah, the podcast, the <laughs> Half-Blood Report, that one. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah, Pretty surprising know. that you yeah, called that know. one out but You can listen to it. You can uh, review it. You don't have to actually listen to it to review it. That's what i <laughs> <telling> you. <laughs> a little hack there.
0: <laughs> Love that.
2: Thanks for having me on again. It's awesome.
1: You're yes, Thank you for, for having me. Or for having us, we had you. Well, yeah, this is (laughs) also going
2: on my podcast. There you go.
1: (laughs) All right. Goodbye.